Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to rank beetles. <laughs> yes, there you go. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, welcome, everybody. Oh, that's a short one. You don't have a second verse? I, I, I don't really know the song all that well. But you could have looked it up. <sighs> God. Well, yeah, but I just didn't have time, man. Okay. It's top of my head. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not composing masterpieces. This is all impromptu. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, yeah, so... I didn't look it up. I'm sorry. Why did you say wink, wink? Because I, it's, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> now I've just lost it. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome everybody to another exciting week here at Ranking the Beatles, episode number 51. Man, we are just one short of a full year's worth of episodes. Wow. But what a year it has been. Um, so much going on it's just been uh, it's, it's incredible what do you i you know what i'm talking about uh yeah it's it's been a busy year for us here at ranking the beatles i feel like we've done a lot so far this year we've done a lot of episodes done a lot of episodes listened to a lot of music talked to a lot of people that's not abnormal though right but maybe that's, the that's amount regular maybe the amount of beatles we've talked about is irregular you love this though oh i do I feel like you are very proud of yourself for bringing me into this world. Oh, contently. Like, uh, completely. We, over the weekend, listened to an entire episode of a Beatles podcast together, and I felt like you've never been happier in your life. Yep. That's valid. That's <laughs> like, true. Your gener- like, your baseline of happiness with me is pretty high to begin with, but if you, like, <laughs> at, at, am I wrong? No, you're right. You're I'm right. amazing. You're, you're right. welcome. This is true. This um, is true. <laughs> Valid. Your baseline happiness level is like fairly high to begin yeah. with. But then when you add Beatles things on the top, you're just. Now that I've suckered you into this world. Yeah. It, I don't see how it gets much better. And also the fact that you get to like teach me things. Mm. Yeah. Because I feel like you feel like I am smarter sometimes about certain things. Yeah, sure. About You're a smart things. person. Um, and this is one thing that you know vastly more about sure. than I do. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you get to be the educator is very good for you. I am pretty tickled by it. Yeah. What can I say? I know. I know you. I do like it a lot. You're very, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. No, I don't think And I don't think you're thing. stupid either. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. No, I don't think you, it's just like out. usually when we talk about things – as a couple, it's like, oh, what's what are finances like, or so, you know, <laughs> and like I handle all the finances, so you're sure. like operating without the knowledge that I have. But this is one thing, one of many things. I can finally bring something know. to the table in this marriage. <laughs> <laughs> one of many things that you know way better than I do. Well, I appreciate the compliment. I will take it for the compliment I know you intended to be. <laughs> Did it not sound like a compliment? It was. A, it was fine. It was a compliment. I liked it. Thank you. Aww. I'm tickled pink. Thank good. you. Yeah. I think it makes you feel good to, like, when I have a question, you answer it confidently from a place of knowledge. Sure. If I you asked me makes... how much was in our checking account, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes anyone feel good. If you ask them a question about something and they can answer confidently 
from a place of knowledge. Sure. Yeah. Regardless of the subject, like if it's something that someone knows a lot about, I think that makes people feel good because they're like, wait, I know. Agreed. I know the answer. Agreed. That's what makes it happen. That's what makes it tick. I love it. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's turn our attention to this week's episode. I Do we for, have to? I'm going to talk about me some more. Nope, nope, nope. We have <laughs> a very special guest to talk to today that I'm very excited about. We can talk about you later. Um, you can cut that. I don't want you to leave that in. Oh, no, that was I'm very conceited. That. No. I'm leaving that. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is uncut. Um, friends, our guest today is an actor and a comedian. Uh, trained in the ranks of the famed Actors Gang Theater Company in Los Angeles, California. Uh, he's appeared in countless films and television shows over the years. However, it's in the music world where he's made his name. Uh, known the world over for his guitar chops, harmony vocals, and surprising recorder skills, often playing several at one time. Uh, he's a Grammy Award winner. He's also simply known as just one half of the greatest band in the world, Tenacious D. Uh, their most recent album and accompanying graphic novel is called Post Apocalypto. Uh, they recently recorded a cover of The Time Warp from Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, released in October 2020, just ahead of the election for Rock the Vote. Uh, then he also released the rocking holiday solo single Christmas with the Devil. Amazing. Um, <laughs> And he's also now the co-host of his own podcast, Kyle and Kevin, Did We Do It with Kevin Weissman. So, friends, it brings me great pleasure. Please welcome to the show the one and only Kyle Gass. He is going to kick your feet on ass, and you know his name is Kyle Gass. Hello. 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 Hi. Have we done it? I believe we have. Can yes. you hear us? Oh my God! Yes, I can. <laughs> beautiful. We hear you in beautiful, pristine yeah. audio. This is the first. This is the maiden voyage of this blue mic I got. How do you like it? I well, this is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not. I'm a. T I actually was panicked. I was like, "Is there anything I have to do? What do I do? Is this going to work?" And I guess it's just another plug and play. Yeah, it's just yeah. great for Grandpa. We had one of those for a little bit. Um, What's that? We had one of those blue mics for a, for a spell. Um, oh, and then you got rid of it. Oh, that's encouraging. Well, <laughs> well I got and rid of it. discovered, of course, it was an inferior microphone. <laughs> well, we only and got rid of it because... had to move on. Uh, what is the best... What should I get if well, I want to be, uh, you know, Joe Rogan style oof, level? Uh, no, we are not. Please don't put us in that. <laughs> I think it's probably... So it's no, I was being snarky, of course. <laughs> it's great. Uh, I think if you're just recording yourself, it's perfect. But if you have more than one person and you want to split that audio... To be able to mix both, you can't really separate the two, if that happens. Yeah. You know, I would like to do that. So, what's the? What do you recommend? If I wanted so, to do kind of an in-studio two-person thing. So we got the. What is this? Um, that thing cost a million dollars. Oh it cost no. like eighty-nine dollars on yeah. Amazon. I think it's a. Uh, it's a, a road. Um, it's so expensive. It's like a road pod. Pod yeah, mic? It says something. I think it's like the name of it. Why are you using different mics? Uh, I already owned this one. This is like a Rode NTK like condenser mic that I just already owned. Uh, okay. Just and it sounds good, so I just kept with it. Um, and I had her on like a SM58 for a while, but it just you know didn't do what we want. Like it wasn't as good as this one, so we wanted something a little bit nicer. Uh, but for eighty nine bucks, you can't beat that. Man, I like that. Yeah, we just. 
because I'm almost famous. <laughs> that is the luxury that you have it's that we don't. Right when I didn't need stuff, they started sending it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, luckily, when we first started the podcast, he's a musician, so he sort of just like was able to scrap together enough to get by. And yeah. then once yeah. we did a little bit more and, you know, Anchor threw us a couple little ads and we, like, made a couple bucks, like, let's be clear, this is not Joe Rogan money. Again, like, no. it, it basically covered this mic. It covered <laughs> the $89 really about the it. Oh, I so, hate um, Yeah, so we decided to, like, upgrade something. Oh, wait a minute. You guys are huge, though. You guys should be doing better. Wait a minute. <laughs> We should be. We should be, but you know, we have three billion listeners. <laughs> We're getting there. Thirty billion, if I'm being okay. accurate. <laughs> well, man, thank you for for taking time and doing this with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm it, so man. sorry I missed it last time. It okay. happens, man. It's... You know what? It was planned. You know what it was? It was planned too far in advance. Do you ever have that? <laughs> like, you know what? I'm just like, what am I doing later today? Yeah. yeah. And then it's like. I can't Okay, remind me in four months. Later. Right, and especially yeah, like you guys these are days. On your when you guys are planning that far ahead. Well, it's funny, like you know, we I started doing this like the po- we started the podcast during during lockdown, and the first you know thirty episodes were just like friends and immediate musicians like in our circle. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you used those up. I've been there. We, I just <laughs> did with yeah, and I'm then like, okay, we have like five friends. Yep, they've all been on. All right, repeat. Yeah, right. <laughs> then you call them like ensemble. Yeah, Casper. Well, and honestly, what I started doing just to see what would happen was like, you know, people, you know, artists who I am fans of or like just admire their work and follow them on Instagram or Twitter. I'm just like, hey, you, you seem come, like you're into Beatles. You want to do like this? Beatles for an hour? <laughs> <laughs> like for you? Like I saw, that worked? Well, oh my god, it worked here for I you. Am. You're here. <laughs> but uh, we had. Um, Dave Depper from Death Cab for Cutie, literally same thing. Like, posted a video learning the uh, and your bird can sing guitar parts, and I was like, "Hey, any oh interest?" God. And he was like, "Oh fuck yeah, let's do it." That's so funny so. because I have history with that playing those. I actually played that. I'm gonna just flex right here do at it. Madison's Garden <sighs> with my guitarist, and we and I totally learned to play it the wrong way. And, mm. Well, I mean, it's the right notes, but it's totally weird, funky. And uh, I was like praying that we didn't screw up because I knew it was going to be for the ages. But we got through it. Nice. It's a great part. And then Jack was dancing behind us. And it was funny. We just did the two parts. None of the band played or anything. Sunday, too. And you know the tradition Sunday for breakfast with the Beatles. Oh, yes. Is that a tradition it's in your house? Just, uh, it's just, uh, well, it's just been omnipresent for so many years yeah. in LA. I'm sure in many markets. For even, here, even here in New Orleans, we have it. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just uh, to get into it, I want to know, I want to ask you, how has the last year been for you? I'm sure you had a lot of plans for 2020 that got scuttled. Great. And... Besides those half million people. <laughs> 
Uh, it's been fantastic. Oh, goodness. Really, you know, no, my heart goes out to them. But um, yeah. no, it's been difficult at times. But then, uh, you know, you get uh, adapt to sort of exploring new things and good time to kind of write and, and uh, yeah, do stuff. I'm kind of a homebody. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, it's like, don't have to go out. It was all of a sudden. But you know what? I just had a a poker party last night, the first time in like, you know, forever. And it was, it was, it was really fun. I just felt like this is the greatest thing. In person, you can't, you can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we've had people in our house for the first time recently. And it, it's still like, is this is this cool? Is this okay? Like, are we allowed to do this? like his um, he had a band rehearsal yesterday. Jonathan had a band rehearsal yesterday, and um, his, so we have a split level house, and the the ba- the bottom level is like at the back of the house, and there's a bathroom right inside the back door. So all throughout the pandemic, like if we were entertaining in the backyard, like we would have a couple friends over in the backyard just to like see people. Outdoors. Um, yeah. But you know, eventually, if you have a couple drinks, someone eventually has to potty. So. <laughs> So we've been letting people use the downstairs potty, but you have to put a mask on. So like, it's just run inside potty real quick with your mask on, come back out. Um, so no one's been to like the upstairs section of our house. And yesterday, one of his bandmates like came into the kitchen upstairs and he was like, whoa, <laughs> he was like totally weirded out. He's like, I haven't been up here so long. Yeah. It's so it's weird. It's, it's crazy how fast we adapt to the new. Yeah, mm-hmm. the new normal, and now the new normal's weird. So, what's kept you busy over the year? Obviously, I know you started you started a podcast yourself. We did a podcast. Uh, yeah, did we do it? And I guess the answer is no, we didn't. No, <laughs> I, uh, Kevin was just pressuring me to continue. Uh, yeah, a little of this, some of that. I I started getting obsessed with my Instagram, and I just you know I'm the old guy. Just I hate social media. I hate it. I and then I start doing it. Just I don't even know if I enjoy it as much as I'm just kind of. It's just a little assignment every day that I just find challenging. Yeah. And then get a report card right back. Like, how did you do? <laughs> did the people? What were my numbers? Right. Teacher, how did I do today? And then I go through like a self shame, and I could do better. And yeah, I think it's ultimately unhealthy and and bad for my creative spirit but yeah. uh, you post a video of yourself playing a song is that something that are you learning these songs or are these just do you already know them and you're just posting <clears> something to post well something? it's interesting you say that because i thought part of it was like you know i love the minute format i'm a, a adhd kind of modern dude i just I thought and wow i can really i could learn a lot for just a minute so i'll just kind of blow through a song and that'll be kind of a challenge, like how comfortable can I get with this cover? And I have to say, I'm kind of, I just love covers. Yeah. My friends might tell you, I just love to learn them and just play them and have a good time with other people's music. And actually, I think it's good for songwriting too. It informs kind of, you know, how you might write songs or looking for chord changes and stuff. But yeah, I'll, uh, but there are a lot of them I've sort of known. And it's actually gotten me kind of straightened up where it's like, you got to really learn the right lyrics if you're going to put it down. Yeah. So it's like, I usually blow off the lyrics because I'm more the guitar guy. But I sort of mumble through them how many times. So it's kind of fun to get the actual lyrics and stuff. So it's been a really great exercise. I've actually felt kind of some growth from it. Nice. 
that's I mean, it, it, it's rare that social media actually gives you a growth, you know, <laughs> aside from entertaining the masses. It's rare that you learn something from doing social media that's, you know, good for your yeah. own self. I think it's part of, yeah, a part of the game is like, listen, if we're going to have to do this. Yeah. Something for me. Right. <laughs> practice for you guys. Yeah. I'm going to learn some new tunes. Nice. I was going to learn them anyway. You know, <laughs> I know a lot of times them. I just barely know them and I actually don't know them. And then a lot of I have to abandon ship. I just like, I don't know. It's too hard. And then like, do people call you out in the comments? Like, that's actually a B7 conga. You know what? People uh, way give me way over credit for the guitar. It's like, you guys go listen to some professionals. I'm just like weak. I'm an actor pretending <laughs> and uh, playing a guitar on TV. Right. Is that, uh, is that what, uh, what brought on the new, the new single vaccinated that just came out this week? You know, that was actually kind of inspired. I I've always liked, uh, sedated, mm-hmm. the, um, that single ball, the Ramones. And, um, and then it just it's just the vaccinated in the syllables. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, like, wait a minute, that's kind of this is something. And then a couple lines, and then actually, I just did it for an Instagram. Yeah, because it's, it's a, kind of a cool about story. a minute long, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But then, uh, yeah, and I just played it acoustic and kind of jammed it out, and that was a really great exercise because it wasn't, you know, it was a parody and I had to come up with some new lyrics and. Uh, yeah, peeps liked it. I thought, well, I think I gotta lay it down. And I have a, a this manager in Germany, and he really liked it. And he thought, well, let's kind of keep going. And and there it is. Yeah. It was, uh, which I don't usually do. It, it it felt uncomfortable. I usually work with a, you know a band mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So nice. It was like, what? What do I do now? <sighs> okay, I put it out. Okay. <laughs> it exists. But we're making a little world. DIY video to it. I think should be fun. Nice. Well, I want to let's turn to to Beatles discussion a little bit. Uh, take me back in the time machine, if you will, to uh, young baby Kyle. Where did the Beatles enter the scene for you? Well, you know, the Beatles. It's almost. Uh, I might be the perfect age. I'm. I'm very old, you know. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking. Actually, someone pointed out last night in my poker uh, uh, that I was actually born in the Eisenhower. Administration. Shut I was up. born 1960. <laughs> I know that's like old, old like newsreel stuff. Twenty hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was born when John uh, F. Kennedy was nominated, which is really wow. crazy. But um, so the point being that uh, I was four years old when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan, mm-hmm. and I have it's one of my earliest memories. And then I had older brothers who were always playing it. So, and then of course I like. A bazillion others was inspired to play guitar because of the Beatles. It's hard to even. It's such a, it's such an, just an atom bomb of uh, influence. It's hard to even. And then, like I said, just the way my life kind of, they were just there. I felt like, uh, you know, all of music was changed when yeah. they came and and uh, and then I've just sort of guided uh, my whole kind of musical thing of like I always you know what, what the Beatles have done. What would they do? You know, it's just uh, it's just kind of a guiding force. In, yeah, in, in my musical evolution. What was yeah. what was music in your house like as a child? Were your parents musical? Your brother, your, you said well, you had some. They brothers. really enjoyed. I think my mom was a frustrated musician, and uh, she like I don't know played saxophone in the marching band or something crazy. And she just but uh, she wanted to uh, uh, encourage the kids. 
to play instruments. So we all did. And I was the, the third of three boys. And uh, I picked up the flute around fourth grade. And uh, yeah, just uh, took to it. And then uh, my mom actually had a guitar uh, that, you know, just sort of the house guitar, kind of a inexpensive classical that people would play when they came over. And my brothers or my oldest brother would learn on it. And, just, and then I just uh, took to that. It was mm-hmm. just, all right, I'm if I can learn and kind of made it through like a classical book and and uh yeah just uh really enjoyed it just that was you know like so many so many other people it just became the thing to do it's mm-hmm. just really it was the after school kind of friend and and everything and you got to learn you know the latest licks and yeah that sort of thing did um what were what kind of other bands were you into as, as a child as well because I know if you're you're born in 60 you're probably like prime age for like the monkeys mm-hmm. as like a seven well, year old when that uh, yeah yeah one of uh jack's favorite stories is uh i was i must have been yeah seven or eight the monkeys are 68 or so and and i had i would ask the question who is better the beatles or the monkeys <laughs> we were really into the monkeys you know mm-hmm. and they were they were of course the american beatles until you know you knew a little better like whoa wait a minute, even then, <laughs> like a contrived television construction. And I was a bit precocious as a child, too. I was sort of looking for the truth. Of this sort of thing. <laughs> but uh, I liked all, uh, I liked, um, I was just a radio head, um, really. I just loved the radio, and, you know, I was the geeky kid kind of listening to the, you know, music at night under the covers and, and listening for my favorite songs. And, mm-hmm. and I just loved... Uh, pop and rock and i just loved it all really yeah i actually like i said my older brothers were music musicians and so i got into some jazz and kind of exposed to a lot of different stuff and one of the reasons that i kind of like equated in my head that like you're a huge beatles fan was i listened to last summer during lockdown i was working in my backyard and i listened to some podcast that you and jack were on and it meant they mentioned that you were like a huge like beatles like nerd about aficionado, aficionado. I'm a, yes i dare say i am a beetle colorist one might say <laughs> uh what what really like you for instance, that? I, what's that oh, go ahead what were you gonna say for instance what what got me in what do you what was well i was gonna ask you like what was you know what i guess what what, what pulls you in for that what, what's where was kind of the entry point of like nerddom for you oh, oh uh probably <clears throat> i mean their whole oeuvre but I think, uh, you know, the White Album, I got obsessed with at an age like so many others. I mm-hmm. just fell in this White Album. I had the vinyl and just listened to it. And it was just this mysterious, what the hell is going on? This crazy ride with ambient sounds. And, and uh, it just hit me at a really, uh, you know, sort of crucial time. But I was already in... You know, the Beatles were everything. They were everywhere. It yeah. was just it was different. It was different time. I mean, I was hearing it on the first round through, like, you know, a seven Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> just like, whoa, I mean, a perfect time to have this kind of magical kaleidoscope of sound and, and story and everything coming at you. So it's just like I said, it's just in the DNA for me. It's just yeah. it's set in there. It's hard to even separate. But I, I enjoyed you know, the, uh, a lot of the, you know, the Stones and the Who and a lot of the Brit kind of dinosaurs and, and uh, the Zeppelins. And, but I also had an affinity for, um, you know, really kind of soft pop and stuff. I loved 
good melodies and and uh you know kind of the mersey beat back then and and uh yeah i just uh yeah i always loved a good good song yeah and where does the where uh okay sorry thought i cut you off there oh, no, go ahead. i was gonna say uh where does the acting bug take hold for you well the acting actually they they kind of go side by side i started you know in school plays and and I got the lead in first grade, and that was it. I got a few laughs. Yeah. Actually, acting was really the main thrust of uh, professionally. I thought, no, you know, music is is fun and stuff, but I think that'll be kind of the, the plan B, as it were. And uh, uh, so, yeah, the acting and the music. I think the whole the plan was to. I, I knew I couldn't handle any kind of day job. Mm-hmm. I'm just not equipped. I can't. I, I just, I can't, I didn't, didn't see my, it had to be some, how can I make a living? How could I avoid actual work and, and do something <laughs> that I enjoyed? I just, someone stealing your time at work is the most soul crushing. I can't tell you, even if I'm sitting, staring in a chair, if it's my time, I'm okay with it. But if I feel obligated, I'm very spoiled, but I just, sure. and I had a lot of bad day jobs. I mean. Trust me, and, you know, <laughs> I was like, my main was sort of delivery driver and security guard. Just like, if I didn't have to see anybody, it's like, okay, I could just listen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was, the acting was really kind of the main, the main thrust. And then went to UCLA and, and then just started sort of pounding the pavement and doing theater and trying to get commercials or mm-hmm. guest stars, or, you know, sort of the actors lot. And then, but I always felt like, acting and music really weren't that different. I mean, they're just so much, it was performing entertainment. I love musical theater. I liked combining them. I liked like, I, you know, I remember the Smothers brothers I thought were kind of an interesting template of, of combining those things. And I loved, you know, uh, humorous music growing up. And, mm-hmm. and so they didn't, yeah, they sort of went hand in hand. It didn't seem like a big, like, but I didn't, I didn't have that sort of rock star or rock band history. Like I didn't have bands in high school and stuff. I played on my own and, and, uh, and sort of thought, wow, that would be fun. But I thought a duo would be good. I was always attracted to the duo. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned the Smothers Brothers. Cause when you said that, my thought was like, cause I hadn't heard you mention like any like bands that were like, aside from like the Beatles, but just like the idea of like, the group type thing like you hadn't mentioned that and i was like i wonder if a duo was always something that appealed to you had you worked with anybody before you ended up teaming up with with jack at some point uh yeah i uh actually um he he lives in uh, my guest house but uh i went to a junior college with uh, another guitarist actor and uh, we had a group uh piper green <laughs> and we we actually reformed for this play and we were doing it uh, at the junior college, um, a Brecht play, Mother Courage and Her Children. And they needed sort of music uh, accompaniment. So we're just like the pit band, basically, for this huge extravaganza. Mm-hmm. And that really appealed to me. Once again, it was combining theater and the music. And it was sort of the first time I was like, wow, I can, I can kind of play guitar uh, to this thing. It was more kind of a you know, accompaniment, mood thing, acoustic thing. I thought, this is great. I like this. And then from then on w- was uh, a lot of times in a theatrical situation where I'd kind of contribute the musical elements to it. And that seemed kind of a natural fit. Um, 
So, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> I think you got it. Uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> What about like the Beatles on film? Like, how do you view those movies now? Oh my god! Like, as somebody who's like trained, well, like, obviously they're not trained actors, and I don't even, well, I don't even know another, if they have improv training. You know, I mean, they're like the Da Vinci's of of popular culture. I mean, they were just like, oh, you know, the actors now. I mean, I, Hard Day's Night is just it's incredible. Of course, I mean, and it also defined their personas and. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff, but it's brilliant. I mean, it's once again they're doing things. The only true test is time in these things, and the things still hold up and they're timeless. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Hard Day's Night is better than Help, and Help got a little off the rails. Um, <laughs> but with every movie, there's just incredible things now to see, and it's just all part of a, uh, you know, just it's just the Beatles and this incredibly short piece of time but i i thought their acting was pretty good yeah yeah i like that they you know stepped out but i think of course always they had their day job <laughs> making, <laughs> of making pop music was always like it seemed so effortless but mm-hmm. um yeah like just... even though they weren't trained actors they were still just very charming people yeah like they oh, were yeah. super personable and funny and quick-witted oh, and yeah. you know so the, oh, yeah, there, yeah, there, was, just... there was something to work yeah. with to begin with, like it wasn't yeah. like there was oh, yeah. nothing there, and they were like, "All right, let's try and just make this not terrible." <laughs> well, they were um, uh, such fans of, of the movies too, and mm. I think, uh, yeah, to this day, actually, uh, yeah, they're uh, Paul's a big movie fan. Yeah, uh, are are those kind of you know are the Beatles films or, and this is I guess probably a more general question, but you know, looking at whether you're working with the D or with something else, you know, what kind of touch points do they provide for you creatively? Like whether it's, you know, writing songs, you know, for yourself or or with the band or, you know, approaching something like that. Like, do you ever like, I know you say like, you know, you think, what would the Beatles do? Like, what are some examples of times where you've like thought that and like gone through on something just out of curiosity? Well, just listening to that song, Think for Yourself Again, I was thinking, wow, just the way they use the percussion and they'll make it such a part, you know, just with a shaker or a tambourine, you know, mm-hmm. almost become like a hook. And just the way they would use that, the way they construct, um, you know, the way they would arrange the songs, um, you know, what instrumentation really to kind of back up what the song wanted. Uh, I thought it was fascinating to listen to the anthology to hear the incarnations of the songs and how different they would all be. And, but then ultimately the genius of like, yeah, that is that's obviously the best version. You mm-hmm. guys are, you know, uh, and that sort of lesson of it, it can morph and change and allow that kind of to happen and don't get stuck on, you know, what it has to, what do you think it has to be? And, and uh, yeah, let it change. I think, I mean, there's some, there's a million lessons. Like I said, you just can't separate the Beatles from, if you're going to enter a world of rock and pop, uh, you're going to have to sort of bump into them yeah. in some, some way and, and be influenced. But, but that's just the nature of art itself. I mean, it's always just a reinvention of what's happened. I think. Yeah. Before. Love it. Well, speaking of thing for yourself, why don't we hop into discussion of this week's song? Is that cool? Yeah, listen, it's your show. <laughs> Let's, You're in do charge. Let's do it then. All right, coming in Let's this week, 
Let's do it. Uh, number 166 is Think For Yourself. After having taken acid for the first time in the spring of 1965, George was starting to move away from the game of being a cute mop top. He credited the acid experience with shattering the myth of the band's fame uh, of being of any real value outside of material possessions. Uh, he's already starting to look at like deeper ways of thinking, living, being, and encouraging others to try and see things in the same way. Uh, and after finally contributing two of his own songs to help earlier in the year, George contributes two songs to the in-progress Rubber Soul, and those are If I Needed Someone and Think For Yourself, which appears to be written sometime between August and November of 1965. Both songs show tremendous leaps in progress from George as a songwriter, uh, yet both stray far from the mop-top boy-girl love songs that were part and parcel for the band and plant their flag back into the sour, bitter tone that George first presents on with the Beatles uh, with the song Don't Bother Me. So following rehearsals in the studio, the band record the basic track on November 8th in one take and then set about working on overdubs. Vocals are tackled first with the entire vocal session being recorded simultaneously by George Martin in hopes the band would produce some funny dialogue that would be useful for their upcoming fan club Christmas record. Eventually, about six seconds of that track are used in the Yellow Submarine film, uh, but a large portion of that session has surfaced on bootlegs over the years, showing the group working on their parts, cracking all sorts of jokes, and sounding every bit as cool and beatly as one would hope. Uh, Paul's distinctive fuzz bass was then added to the track by running his Rickenbacker bass through a tone bender fuzz pedal. Ironically, the band first tried using a fuzz pedal on Don't Bother Me back in 1963, but scrapped the idea. Uh, this session, though, marks the first time a bass guitar is run through a fuzz pedal, apparently in all of recorded music history. Uh, the song, of course, is released on Rubber Soul in December of 65. was never performed live by the band. So why do I have Think For Yourself at 166? So I've always found this song to be really fascinating and somewhat confusing. The chord progression almost makes no sense if you're looking at where the Beatles have come from. It doesn't seem to exist in either a major or a minor key. Uh, the track just kind of pummels the listener with kind of a clanging rhythm guitar mixed with a quarter note pumping organ. <laughs> Your face is oh, like really troubled. Oh, please. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, and this aggressive... I'm going mean, mean, to take a bong head on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this aggressive stinging lead bass. Uh Oh yeah, you can't hear me. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till he comes back so I can torture him with this. Oh, I can hear it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. The vocals are sublime. Uh, the harmonies are absolutely gorgeous, but also dissonant in a way. Uh, people who are better trained musicians than I can can probably explain that it's all a combination of Mixolydian and Dorian and aeolic uh, aeolic modes. And I would just kind of nod in approval and agreement while also just not understanding the fact that it it just rules. Um, there's this. <laughs> There's this, there's this great line on the Wikipedia entry for this song uh, from a musicologist named Dominic Pedler from 2003. 
uh, about the track and its complications that kind of really blew my mind. And he says, he says, (laughs) he says, uh, where is this music? I need a little bit to get through this. (laughs) He says, where is this music going? Where does it feel like it should settle? Uh, What is the key center and the mode? The whole point is for the listener to think for themselves. Now, lyrically, I love that it's really just ambiguous enough that he could be singing to a partner or a lover or just the people as an entity. Uh, whatever it is, though, he's got some real disdain and concern for what, they're, what, what they've done and how they live. He's also trying to kind of pontificate a bit to offer them a better way. Uh, it's maybe more judgy than preachy, but that's a fine line and it makes it, listening to it a bit more uh, exciting. Um, I want to give him 10 points for working the word opaque into a song because that's no uh, easy feat. Um, and so George was quoted as saying that after he took acid, the way he saw everything was permanently changed and shattered and couldn't go back. Uh, but then they had to continue, quote, being fab while living with this new perspective. And I think that's exactly the perspective he's at here. Um, it sounds like a mixture of that kind of like acid detachment and aloofness and coolness that they all seem to kind of exude at this point in their career where they're having less fun playing the game, uh, but more fun chipping away at whatever the game was. But overall, I think it's a great tune. It's kind of unsettling and exciting and rocking. And it's so far removed from where the band had come from just a year before when George was singing, everybody's trying to be my baby. So now that I have uh, already seemed to already irritate you, (laughs) I throw the ball to your court, Kyle. How do you feel that way? (laughs) But I love it though. I do love it. more subjective than music. One sixty. I like how there's sublime vocals, and yet it's way down the list. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I mean, I always say it's like choosing your favorite child. You probably shouldn't, That's, but you love them all. I mean, I think one of the great uh, attributes is their consistency. I mean, it seems like even on a bad day, they couldn't help but turn out something kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I uh, I've always loved George, and I love. I love the fact that imagine being in a band with John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and now you're going to write some songs. (laughs) Not not that he's looking at the legend, and of course he's in the band, but still, how easy to not write songs in that band because you're, you know, you're you're contributing. But it just, uh, yeah, really, really showed George. And I, I love the curmudgeon side. Now, in terms of that song specifically. I just think it was, I mean, it grabs me right off. And then uh, I love the the crazy uh, chord changes because it's kind of the, uh, but I mean, it wouldn't mean anything if it didn't work. But I I think it, I think it has like a a couple hooks in there. It sort of comes from nowhere. And and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think the lyrics are a little, are a bit trivial. I mean, it just seems George being a curmudgeon kind of. Yeah, tell you something. Yeah, but I, I, it's, I never lyrically. I don't, I don't pay too much attention. Yeah, lyrically, and God bless him for it. <laughs> Not mine in the slightest. Yeah, it, it, it's. I, I think you know it's interesting. Like the, I feel like if, if whatever I said about the chords, if it comes off as like I'm not knocking it, they just don't make sense to my brain musically. Yeah. how he's going no. where he goes like i just don't get it and then again no. that's why he's a beetle and i'm hosting a beetle podcast but oh no we're all yeah we're all it's a podcast hey we're taking everyone's got an opinion 
Yeah, that uh, yeah, you're sort of either in or out on on those on those changes in that song though. But um, God, I, you know, I listened to it. I did heavy prep for this, so I listened to it before, and it just grabbed me again. In some ways, I think that um, the fuzz bass, extra bass, the Paul, I think almost ruins it in a way. I mean, it also or because it's so. Um, it's so distinctive and it's, mm. it's so up in front. I think it gets more out in front towards the end too. It's like, you know, let's double down on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's funny. The fuzz thing. It's always like, who was the first fuzz? And when was that the first distortion? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to that. <laughs> Over, overworked. It's a great trick though. It's a cool part. Um, I yeah, you know, and I think about you know George talks a lot about Paul's playing later on in something, where he's like mm-hmm. he just overplays all over my goddamn song, and I wonder if like yeah. he had the same thought here because it's literally, you know, I always when I think about did he say that about I thought that's one of your favorite bass 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 lines yeah he's he's he was credited I think early in the seventies of saying that Paul overplayed on something, but I mean it wow could, yeah it makes that song it really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're getting like <laughs> get a little grouchy at that point. A little though. bit, but like when I think of this and I think of the bass part, I almost think of that bit in uh, "This Is Spinal Tap" when it's Derek mm-hmm. Small's lead bass. <laughs> like that's the oh, greatest yeah. line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you? He think wrote this. He wrote this. <laughs> um. I really like this song. Um, yeah. I I think the fuzzy bass is interesting, and I don't agree that I. You said you feel sort of like pummeled by the song. I don't agree at all. It feels sort of. I think it's like the bass sort of makes it feel very grounded to me, just sort of like low, and like I think normally like more high pitch things bother me, like the high pitch harmonica or something yeah. like that. Those things great on me, but I enjoy mm-hmm. like a low end like. Just kind of that sort of thing. Um, this is like the salty George that I like. Like sometimes, what was the song where I was like, does he even like women? <laughs> uh, you like remember. me too much. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're just like. I like you too much and not like you. That's where he sounds like an animaniac. Yeah. So um, I prefer this like a bit more sort of thoughtful saltiness from Mm -hmm. him as opposed to just like a just like a kind of a shithead kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But it is definitely breaking out of the love song kind of uh, at that point. I mean, it's pretty early. It's pretty, pretty cool the way he's jumping out there, even if he's kind of pontificating or you know and the message is pretty right i think with like you like me too much it was like kind of specifically about a woman and i'm just like all right ease up pal and this one is more like it could be applied to everyone like everyone can sort of take a lesson from this song right um and wasn't he uh, he talking about the british wasn't that one of the he was talking about the british uh, government too in this song i think there was some i don't know yeah i actually you guys, of course, have read this book, I'm sure. You know, I have not actually read that book. I have heard that's one. I've heard mixed reviews because yeah. the author can awfully be very can off can often be a little um, a, from what I've the bits I've seen a little biased 
towards certain beetles Ooh. and uh, cantankerous towards Listen, others. You know what's great about it? Don't believe any of that. He's totally opinionated, and you're going to disagree with all. But I'm telling you, <laughs> like my podcast, he, he backs it up exactly. I mean, in a way, <laughs> it's uh, no. He has a very strong opinions on all these things. But this guy did his research, and he really gets in there. And uh, yeah, there's many times I'm like, no, you are, you're so wrong. I just, yeah. I mean, like I was in my head, but isn't that part of the fun? Oh yeah. This guy really has a take on it and he does every song and there's something, I mean, if you like to go deep in the weeds, he's mm-hmm. got some good, I can see, uh, I can see him in a suicide. I was very sad to see a few years I ago. I think he oh, is, has and, passed. Yeah. 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 That's not a good, that's not good for the brand, but yeah, <laughs> one of my favorite books actually. Yeah. The Beatles. Nice. And you read the That was, uh, which book was that? This is uh, Revolution in the Head by uh, Ian, Ian McDonald. Okay. Okay. It is, yeah, it is fascinating. I am telling you. Yeah, he goes through every song and then just sort of, you know, just goes through it and musically too, which I appreciate. Like he'll really go, go in and he he kind of nails some he really nails kind of uh some of the laziness and like they, you know they didn't have time and you can hear the obvious cut here and he, mm-hmm. it's just a lot in the weeds for the music nerds out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, like i eat it up it was like uh did you read uh here there and everywhere yes the, uh, by jeff uh, emmerich jeff emmerich yep love that book oh my god he's got that. he's got opinions though <laughs> just like ian mcdonald does. i know but <laughs> i mean listen talk about being there yeah guy was there i mean he's doing it I, you can't even you just have to kind of you know i went to, i went to abbey road studios. oh how was it it was like being in some sacred spot it yeah. was i was overwhelmed i actually was reclaimed so you I, you uh, got to go in correct like you were i was in. in the studio i was in oh. i was in the studio i saw the four track that they used for no it was a crazy day and then i went I mean, I was kind of the visiting dude, you know, mm-hmm. and so they wanted to, they wanted to, you know, kind of rock my socks as it, as it be. And, uh, and, they took, and then one time they took me into the, the mic room oh. yes. and this guy, he's been in the mic room, you know, it's Abbey Road, so everything's very British and he's done the mics for 45 million years. <laughs> Let me tell you this, Mike, and he knows what he has. He's done this routine for everyone. Oh, maybe you'd be interested in this one. John Lennon's microphone. (laughs) (laughs) But but then there it is. It's John Lennon's microphone. He's singing. And I was just, I was shaking. I'm just such a nerd, but it was too. And then they showed me, uh, supposedly the four track machine Mm -hmm. that they just have. And also it's still kind of a working studio. So there's a shit just laying around and, and, you know, (laughs) it's crazy. But, and then going up into the control room, over it was just no i was i was overwhelmed it was crazy we've been but, uh, we've been outside the gate yes that's as and far as and i was overwhelmed just there <laughs> they probably yeah, flicked a cigarette right where i'm standing <laughs> <laughs> they probably told someone to fuck off and walked up the street right where we are <laughs> no i know yeah yeah there's uh there's a restaurant uh near me actually a place i just had breakfast there and they of course they had breakfast there for something and you know the, it's one of those yeah it's like where jesus walk or something right come on it's just a band guys <laughs> i'm not up to you i don't know what were they doing all right has any career anything been more under the microscope 
I can't think of any. I mean, I mean, it must be so strange. Yeah. 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 So um, I did actually have kind of an interesting theory about this song. Oh. Um, we'll be the judge of that. I, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and like to preface this, as everyone knows, I'm the moderate fan here. So like this could be just complete bullshit and all of the super fans can tell me to shut up. Um, but please don't because I'm really nice. <laughs> what a wind up. Right? You know what? Just let it fly. You don't need to. So just... as I was like listening to the song and reading the lyrics, I, I kind of feel like he wrote this to himself. Like uh, sort of the new expanded consciousness George to like mop top George. Um, just kind of like pulling a couple of the lyrics out. I've got a word or two to say about the things that you do. You're telling all these lies about the good things we can have if we close our eyes. I left you far behind the ruins of the life that you have in mind. Like, I, I think he's sort of like telling his, you know, young mop top self to like, you know, maybe you're a little scared of evolving into this, you know, more expanded consciousness, like future George of, you know, less about physical things and, you know, more about being in the world. And like, it's, it's okay. Like you're scared, but like put, put it behind. Like, I know you want to just sort of like close your eyes and put your head down and do what the, the very rich people tell you to do, but there's a better way. And like, if you just be a little brave, like we can go and like do bigger and better things. Um, and then there's like the other section that's like, although your mind's opaque, yeah, opaque, mm-hmm. um, try thinking more if just for your own sake, the future still looks good and you've got time to rectify all the things that you should. Like, I just, I don't or know. Rectify. Just... Come on. How do you, who uses that? Who, who uses, uses rectify in a song? Correct. Opaque and rectify in the same song. Um, that's triple word score, George Harrison. <laughs> right. That's absolutely someone like tripping off their face would do like 100%. <laughs> Um, but I just, I really kind of got the feeling that this was like a letter to himself of just like, it's okay. Like j- grow up. Like it's, we're going to grow. We're going to evolve. We're going to be better. He's we're going to himself permission to evolve. Yes. I think you're totally right. I think you're totally, it was definitely a sort of a transition, I think from that. And, uh, yeah, think of all the things. I mean, they're hanging with Dylan and, uh, everyone, I think there's a healthy competition going and it's about um, it's about art, you know, and it's about doing the best song, and and you can't just stay. And they knew they were uh, they were you know they wanted to be really successful too, and they're sort of getting like, oh, we kind of did that. And with you know great artists, they they have to you know the artists must reinvent. They had to. And mm-hmm. George was really, I think he was right in there competitive too, with the with his two big brothers. He was obviously you know the youngest and. Cole's friend and all that and uh and not really like a, a he was clever but uh i mean really clever a lot so much times the secret kind of ingredients uh that made him such a great sound and group were i think george kind of obviously is going to be overshadowed by like i said being in a band with those two guys it's right. just incredible how how he had to assert himself and i think you're totally right like he is yeah think for yourself uh i'm I'm a force and he had to empower himself, I think, probably at that time. And, yeah. you know, he was always a little upset just getting these two tracks. But but uh, and then the quality, though, that he I felt like I mean, I loved uh, I love right out of the gate. Don't bother me. I think it's just a, a really fun 
a fun uh, shot across the bow. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know what? I can write one of these too. Yeah. And it's not like there's a huge drop in quality. I mean, so he's keeping up with the guys pretty early. I think, like I said, I, it, in terms of, uh, you know, pound for pound of the songs that he contributes. And then by the end, when you're going something and here comes the sun, it was like two of the greatest songs <laughs> ever written. Right. I mean, those are... Those are two of the greatest songs ever yes. in history. Yes. And it was like, okay, that's, and that's his last, I mean, once again, the Beatles somehow accidentally do everything perfect. Like, yes, that's my send off is to, <laughs> you should have used me more. Here they are. And uh, yeah, just another incredible, like no one wanted to get off too. Yeah. I think people was like should have stayed the seventies. No, they weren't getting any. They ended on top, like you know, you're supposed to. Yeah, like nobody did you go for them, you know. No, they, they and, look at yeah. And God, it would have been at, some wings. It would have started going into wings territory. How do the you? Beatles. How are you? How do you feel about wings? Are you are you pro wings? Are you a wings fan? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> But it's just, of course, there's nugget. I mean, it's Paul. He's going to trip over some great ones. But he just, he can't compete with the Beatles. Yeah. And it was just always a difficult, a difficult ride after. And I mean, there's, you know, I mean, Paul loves music and he loves creating. And, and I'm always going to check out what he's up to. For sure. Gonna, and there's, but, you know, some of the wings, some of the, uh, is some of the keyboard. <laughs> stuff or the sounds that they were getting mm-hmm. it just seemed uh yeah it wasn't some of my favorite period sure but then ironically sort of later you know kind of even some flowers in the dirt does it just feel a little sort of dated to you what's that does it just feel yes. a little dated to you well, once again you know time is uh time is the true test and but definitely if you know i mean songs you know fanned on the run i'll hear it for the ten thousandth time and you know, I'll be tapping my toe. Yeah. Yeah. So greatness, but I still remember like we we saw Paul a few when was that? Not the last time we saw him, but the time before that. Uh, and whatever, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, uh we were there with a couple of friends and our friend for some reason like <laughs> hates band on the run. I don't know what his problem is. Like he just cannot stand it. I am the opposite. I love it. <laughs> like I could listen to Band on the Run, the whole record, front to back, anytime. <laughs> I love it. And he starts band on the run, and I am out of my seat, dancing, yeah. screaming the lyrics, and he's just sitting there, like looking at me, like, <laughs> "Why are you like this? What yeah. is wrong with you?" Nope. It's so funny though, but I could see both sides of that. I know it seems like a hot piece of cheese, and I would be dancing along, and it's so, and those riffs are so, you know, they're iconic now. I yeah. mean, they kind of have their inner life of their own. Yeah. I love it. I think the other wild thing when you think about George is, you know, once once the band breaks up and he puts out All Things Must Pass and it's three albums long and it's a ton of songs that have existed since 1965 and 66, all of which could have at any point been on a Beatles record and either they passed on it in favor of something else. But like it's just, and the quality of those songs is just it's all top notch. Like he was just sitting on this gold mine for years <clears throat> that they never thought to go. Well, she got yeah. in the bag, man. But I don't think I can't go in. In a way, I mean, it worked out. It worked out great. I mean, we get those, and I don't 
you just can't fault like you should have used more of George because that would have taken a slot off. You know, I yeah, I don't. I think it was fine. I think his ratio wasn't that wasn't that far off. Yeah, two songs. And uh, and it once it's just sort of a, a case by case. I mean, if he wasn't delivered, but yeah, the treasure trove. I don't know, but those guys. I mean, also you're they're the greatest of all time. So it's like who's his little brother? You know, we're, we're and they're not. The, the proof is in the pudding. You can't, you can't, you can't fault him for, for sure. For, for being self, it ain't bragging if it's true, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, to to put a pin on it, one sixty six out of two twenty three. Am I way Man. off base here? If you were ranking the entire catalog, oh well, oh my ball god, ball the ball. rank, god, the ranking obsession, <laughs> fall into truth. Where do you have it? You have it one sixty three out of one sixty six. Out of 263. Well, I'm definitely going to find some in your 166, which I would just throw in the trash immediately. Like, what? Oh, come on. <laughs> Give me the five above it. Think for yourself. So before this at uh, 167 is I'm looking through. No, above it. Above it, 60. Oh, well, so, yeah. so, so we started we started 223 at the bottom of the list, least favorite, and we're working our way to one. To most favorite. Right. So I'm saying, what do you say is better than this one above? We can't tell you because then our listeners will know when it spoils the surprise of the whole podcast. Uh, <laughs> I see what we're doing. Well, I'll tell you Wait, what. That's great. Oh, so that's why I had to be uh, scheduled 17 years in advance. Exactly. Yes, yes. But I tell you what, I'll tell you the five coming up, but I'll just cut that. Out oh, of yeah, the episode yeah. to okay. inferior right, right. our listeners. What are the right. next five episodes, Julia? Okay, so after <laughs> this is. Come on! <laughs> Cover! That's not that good? No, 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 no. I mean, this, oh, this is totally better than. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, my baby's got me. I mean, that is some some real building nonsense, which is fine. It's a toe tapping nonsense. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll. It's but no, come on. It's sweetness. It's so good. Well, it's yeah. It's the Beatles. It's great. It's like uh, it's like two seventeen or something. I mean, God love them. I love the cover. I mean, I'm a cover nut. You know, oh, but that isn't even. It's good, but it, I mean. George original down now first buzz but now now down 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 come on <laughs> so I'm way out of line here where where are you thinking Julie I'd move it up well now yeah. that you've shown me exclusive only see that's the thing about a list if you're gonna go Sophie's choice with all this crap then I'm gonna go oh my gosh and then now I'm going oh my god who knows what's lurking above that right <laughs> send it to me on the down low I'll the fix hush. it I'll fix it. I'll, I'll send you the I next do. like the next fifty or so, so you can look at like what's coming up next year. And if you want to come so, back and talk one, you can pick the song of your choice. Oh my god! If you really want to come like berate me on that, one. so this pot, how how often do these come out? You're going to be once a week, twenty thirty. Oh, once a week. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at a four or five year project. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's actually that's pretty smart. Yeah. Break them all, and then you get people, yeah, sucked in on the list. Like yeah. I'm already mad. Weird song is. There. Good work, team. You did it. Thank you. Thank you. 
The model for all podcasts to come. Yes. Trailblazing. Take all the credit, genre. Send all residuals to our house. All 37 cents. Now, where are we? We're in New Orleans. We are in New Orleans, yep. Fantastic. How's it going down there? It's uh, it's hot. Very hot. It's, you know, it's uh, miserably it's hot already. Uh, but it's, it's good. I mean, actually, uh, you were the last uh, live show I saw before a lockdown. <laughs> no, wait, where were you At uh, the Fillmore here in New Orleans. Oh, I bet it was good. That was a good show. It was a very good show. It was very good. I love that. I feel like everyone should say that about their own shows. Someone's <laughs> like, oh, I saw you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I bet that I was bet good. I bet it was good. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that was uh yeah, did you the post apocalypse that was uh, a full light uh sensory. That was our, our, our Pink Floyd. It was and that was their wall. One of the th- the things <laughs> that- heard it just scaled down. Yep. <laughs> but I, no, I absolutely loved that like that show was like, here is our entire new record presented in this in this specific format, and you're not getting any of the 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 old hits until we present wow. this whole thing. I was like Love I had it. to, yeah. It's uh, it's about uh, it's about tension and release. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I, I really uh, it was nice. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was I, I do I'm patting myself, but I thought it was pretty bold to kind of deny him. But okay. then, <clears throat> what's past is prologue, and you get all the hits at the end, mm-hmm. and everyone's always smiling. Yep, it was great. Oh, the Thoroughly enjoyed yeah, it. I definitely missed playing live. That was fun. Yeah. Well, uh, what's the plan for returning love? I know y'all had a tour schedule leading up to the election that got obviously postponed. So what's the plan post COVID? Is there anything in the works? We, uh, yeah, we got a, uh, well, our 20th anniversary of our eponymous uh, first album, Tenacious D. Uh, we're going to do a uh, celebratory uh, special concert and probably beam it out somehow. Lovely. That's going to be great. Uh, Yeah, probably not supposed to mention that. I can cut if need be. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm supposed to be promoting it. I don't know. Maybe that's a team. We got a couple weeks. Just let me know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm sure we're supposed to promote it. Um, And then uh, what else we got? Uh, And then we have a video. For uh, we're going to be releasing. It's probably not supposed to say this either, but um, we do a medley of Abbey Road. Shut up. Side two. We've done it for years, and then we we put it on a single, just the two of us. Shooting, we just shot a video for it. What? Yeah, and we got permission from Paul. No Paul. way! Wow. Okay. And I can't even tell you that it's so crazy. You, your mind would explode if I was able to tell you what what happened. <laughs> but it's too great. So that's going to come out. And that should be exciting for all Beautiful. you Beatles fans. Beautiful. Oh, that's. And, um, I'm excited oh about that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun things. Yeah, nice. actually. Yeah. And so the... and then, uh, I'd like to just play live somewhere. I just find a street corner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So y'all are going to be releasing like an online concert, like a pre-recorded stream, something along those lines. Well, we're working out the deets. Like yeah. I said, it's pretty early, but it's going to be some kind of uh, special presentation of the uh, first album. I love nice. it. That sounds like a perfect yeah. setup, the projector in the backyard, oh, yeah. have yeah. all our friends over situation. 
Oh gosh, yes. Oh, we lovely. With lots of beers. Yeah, for all the uh, the OG for the old school for the first for people to remember. Cock push-ups, drive-through. <laughs> Only need the one. <laughs> Just These the one. essential things we need to celebrate. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. It's just a jump to the left. Of it. Well, before we let you go for the day, uh, can we throw some rapid fire questions at you? Do it. Your favorite Beatles song? Good <laughs> fun there. What? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot, uh, a lot of. A lot of. A them. lot of. Them. <laughs> uh, I like the end. I think it's always had a special. Yeah. Place. Your least favorite Beatles song. Oh my god. Oh, there is a least favorite. What is it? Oh my god. Is it Tomorrow Never Knows? It's one of those horrible drone things. I don't think that's the right one. Okay, really. I was like, wait a <laughs> No, that's a great one. Uh Felt a palpitation. Is it Lou J Way? Yeah, that's a drony one. one I don't like. I think that one I have trouble. Yeah, there's a couple dronies that I'm like, I'm glad you guys are experimenting. Now I'm going <laughs> to get I'm back to impressed. the catchy stuff, friends. <laughs> uh, I'm the wine album. I actually like Revolution Number no. 9. Um, yeah, come on. Man. People that are down on that one, you guys, you, you aren't getting it. Yep. You aren't hearing it. I'm telling you. We're going to do, yeah, experimental on a major release. That is just. That is just like the ballsiest flex of all time. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Uh, favorite Beatles album? Mm. I guess, I don't know. I have to really find out. Abbey Road. Oh, <laughs> you look so troubled. <laughs> You're like, I can't pick. I love them all. Oh, no. Oh, have... but you know, I have to say though, I do. I think there's a magical a 64, 65 period for me. Yeah, something they were they were eating their weedies. They were doing something because almost every song from that entire period <laughs> in two years is just like. Well, I mean, you could even throw in Revolver is what sixty six. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's insane what's happening yeah, there. That's is. before they come out with Sgt. Pepper <laughs> and the White Album and Let It Be. I love Let It Be. And then it's like before that, oh, then I'll do like your favorite. Just some of the most tuneful and just, I don't know, it's just the sweet spot of uh, like I think Hard Day's Night. It's just so incredible. Yeah. It's just great. I love the Beatles. I'm a nerd. <laughs> Turns out the Beatles were kind of amazing. Little they, um, they were great. Little bit. People, I, I, I've been through so many. It's just been the uncoolest thing. 
so many times through my life, kind of up and down. Yep. Oh, I was almost like, oh, listen, I'm not going to mention. I know because they're too popular. So of course you have to be, you have to be hated, and they probably am. But for me, like I said, they got me at a, just a really crucial age, and then my line of work, and then, you know, it was too much. They got me. Yeah. Are there people that hate the Beatles? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, You're kidding. Yeah. They're generally uh, assholes. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and look how music's turned out. So I guess they were right. Oh, Beatles goodness. were wrong. I mean, I can. Have all the stuff now. I've seen the people who are like, oh, the Beatles are overrated. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You're just trying to be cool. Um, and I don't understand it, but I've seen that. But I've never actually seen anyone be like, I actively hate the Beatles. That's wild to me. Wow. Yeah. Sure, I mean, The Clash. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> Beatlemania is fake. Phony Beatlemania. Phony Beatlemania. It's like, well, you know, I like, I like a decent vocal. <laughs> I don't know. Phony vocals. I mean, yeah. Being on pitch is not always overrated. Mm. But I'm I mean, not knocking The Clash. I love The Clash, but yeah, sure. But I just, I don't know. I have a thing for uh, musicality and, and vocals. And the, really, the Beatles, if you strip it, are, are just an amazing vocal group. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, pile it on. But, well, the harms before, you know, there was no pitch shifting. Mm-hmm. Some good rehearsals. Yeah. Damn. Who is your... Uh... Magic. Magic. <laughs> yep. Who is your favorite Beatle? Well, I'd have to go with John. Yeah. John. And then I'd go George. And then I'd go Paul. And then I'd go Ringo. <laughs> poor Ringo. Oh, poor Ringo. Well, well he also, uh, I went to see him at the Greek, and I went backstage before. I was this close to meeting him. Somehow I got blocked. Right oh. before. It's like, oh, no, I didn't get to meet the Beatles. <laughs> Yeah, it happens. Such a bummer. Not every. I, I mean, how many of us have gotten to meet a beetle? Not many. Not me. Not many. <laughs> not many. Not me. Uh, last one. Your favorite memory. Ooh, that was that was uh, almost erotic the way you put that on just now. A <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners at home, we just got the chapstick experience from Cal Gas. <laughs> uh, your favorite memory associated with the Beatles or a Beatles song. And this can be anything from, you know, might have been like your first dance with somebody was to a Beatles song or, uh, you know, seeing McCartney play live or. Uh... Well, like I said, I have to go back to the Ed Sullivan. Yeah. I was four years old and the television wasn't working. It was one of the reasons. Now, this is we're going. Absolutely. But I mean, imagine 64, the TVs were very unreliable and it was, you know, the box in the living room, it was mm-hmm. full of leave it to your situation. And you just can't imagine, like I said, the older brothers, so it was like seven and 10. And, yeah. And, uh, the excitement was palpable. They had somehow hyped the thing up so much that in the whole, I mean, I think it was the most great <laughs> show at the time and the television was not working. Oh no. <laughs> And, and then all of a sudden we descended on dad. You know, Dad's the fixer of everything. And it's also dad's fault if it doesn't work and he's denying. 
And so he's feverishly doing it. And, you know, of course, there's no taping system. <laughs> you got to see everything live. And I remember, I just so, so remember just the panic. And then we were able to get a fuzzy picture <gasps> kind of coming in. And the Beatles were there and then coming in and out. It was just, uh, like I said, early memory. And uh, I, was, I was done. I was there. I was with them. Love it. That's such a magical moment that so many musicians share. I know. Like, I know. like I've from heard, a certain age. Yeah, from a certain age. Like I've heard I so many. Heard that story? It's so cliche. Yeah, but it's and so then, good. Like, then I picked up the guitar. <laughs> and yet, overnight, there was like a million bands. Yeah. Formed. Yeah. How fucking great is that? Like, what has been a similar, you know, seismic event like that that's caused? You know, when was the like? Was there an event that made you know probably Tenacious D's uh, HBO show? Yeah, I think really that was the last. <laughs> next, if you go historically, that's the one. And then you know the far first album, Quick of Destiny. Yeah, post like Beatles on Ed Sullivan, thousands of mm-hmm. musicians. Tenacious D on HBO, thousands of musicians. Like just overnight, like you can see it. There's right. there's graphs. Well, it's, there's graphs, it's right. and mm-hmm. it's it's now available on HBO Max. I've been paid to, uh, handsomely to say, it is <laughs> the HBO show is on HBO Max. Yeah, this again. And I I've noticed stock in a Guitar Center skyrocketing once again. God, do we have a piece of that? I should <laughs> hope. I should hope. Might have got to buy it. Maybe I'm getting a penny. <laughs> I think that's how you got that new microphone. Hard out there for a pin. Oh man, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Yeah. What's the next? What's next for Kyle Gas? You've got vaccinated out uh, now. Well, yeah, vaccinated out now. Get the uh, get the T-shirt. Uh, yeah, so that's that's cool. And yeah, just uh, working on the uh, all the D stuff right now. It's Lovely, exciting. Lovely. And where so, can everybody follow you on your beloved social medias? Uh, <laughs> Do well, you want anyone to follow? That's you? Instagram. Here's the thing. I just, you know, grandpa has trouble pushing the buttons and what do I do? So I just said Instagram. I learned how to use it. So Instagram. Follow go there. The play guitar. A lot of Beatles I'll play. Mm-hmm. So Lovely. Get ready. Lovely. Well, looking forward to whatever comes next, man. Thanks so much for doing this. There's 165 guys. more songs, so if you want to come back. I'll be back on. Yes. Bring me on. We'll, uh, we'll argue it up again. I love it. We'll Man. see how my can we do you know the ratings? I got to see how my numbers are. I'll let you know. I can't imagine I'm not one of your top tier guests though. Uh, you'll be up there. Either. You'll yeah. be up there. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Yeah, I think you'll be. Especially if you post it yourself, because like. Oh my God! <laughs> there's the pitch. <laughs> you want to help your numbers? I'll need some negotiating chips. I have them. Now. <laughs> Thank you for giving supplying me those. <laughs> oh man, Kyle! Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Enjoy the rest Good of your talking. day. Talk to you Thanks, soon. Kyle. Thank you. Kyle Gass, everybody. KG. Yeah. The Rage Cage. Yes. 
Can't believe it, man. That was a blast. Yes. How fun. I was very excited for you to speak to him because I know that pretty much our entire relationship, you and your close friends have always quoted Tenacious D. Those records are... Lyrics um, and uh, like it's always been a present... Well, presence in the, you know, your humor. The thing that makes those records work is they're so much better musically than they need to be. Yes. Like, they don't need to be as well-written songs. Right. Uh, the performances don't need to be as good as they are. The tracks don't need to be as good as they are. Which I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that Paul is his third favorite Beatle. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like their songs are, like, very melody-driven. Yeah. Which yep. I feel like is more of a Paul characteristic. I don't yep. know. I might be reading this. No, song. I mean, Paul, um, like Paul is kind of the melody guy. That's yeah, kind of his bread and butter, and their stuff is incredibly catchy. Even though, like, the lyrics are funny and the content is humorous, the songs themselves are good songs on their own. Right. And like, that's the difference between like, you know, any two jokers, you know, making fart jokes with an acoustic guitar versus like guys who are writing good songs mm-hmm. that just happen to be comedic in content right so um yeah an absolute uh pleasure to get to talk to him really really fun nice guy hope everybody here enjoyed it um so i i guess uh keep an eye out for the upcoming tenacious d 20th anniversary live stream yeah that may be an exclusive on ranking the beatles Ooh. that we're dropping that news um so yeah keep an eye out for that go download kyle's new uh really fun ramones pastiche uh vaccinated I guess there's a t-shirt as well. Get you a t-shirt. Um, if you want to follow him on Instagram, he is at the actual Kyle gas. Uh, so check him out on there and, uh, yeah, let us know what y'all think about think for yourself at one sixty six. way off base. That seems to be the prevailing feeling of this chat today. Barely off base. Yes. Yeah. I think that should move up some. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. If you're not following us on there, you can do it on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles. You can follow us on Twitter at Ranking Beatles. And after you follow Kyle on Instagram, you can follow Ranking the Beatles at Ranking the Beatles. There you go. Go check out his podcast also. Did we do it? Very fun. Um, so that's all for this week, gang. Hope you had a great time. So uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another fun-filled episode. And uh, yeah. That's all I got for today. I'm going to go enjoy the rest of my Sunday. So you guys go enjoy the rest of yours. Uh, We'll see you next time. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. And this has been Ranking the Beatles. Bye, y'all. Adios. Oh, I switched it on you. Gotcha. (laughs) 